0: This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. This week's episode is sponsored by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash mugglecast. New episodes of MuggleCast are made possible thanks to listeners like you. Please visit patreon.com slash mugglecast. To support the show and help us grow In exchange, you'll receive exclusive benefits Including an ad-free version of our podcast Welcome to MuggleCast episode 311 Uh, Micah, Eric, and I are here this week 311 is a nice number That's the name of a band It is Is it?
1: I was just going to say that Were you? Yeah
0: What's your favorite 311 song? (laughs)
1: Let's see how fast we can Google (laughs)
0: <laughs> well up. I know what mine is I actually make a joke about this song on Millennial Podcast the song Beautiful Disaster it sounds like hard rock at first it sounds like hard rock at first and then it's not
1: yeah. oh.
2: and that's it the hard rock's over That's that's insane. Do you promise the hard rock is over? Because I know what we have in store for us today. I guess it's soft (laughs) rock. I guess that didn't really make any sense. Classic (laughs) rock.
1: It's classic rock. Is it classic? Classic rock. I guess it is.
2: Recorded in
0: the 90s.
2: Yeah. Okay. Classic 90s rock. Okay. Okay. But yeah, 311. You guys, you're really swaying me on this. I think 311 is pretty cool now. You're a 311 fan now? I'm now a 311 fan.
3: What's the... What's
1: the most popular song that they're known for? Because I'm sure Eric's heard it before.
0: According to Spotify, it's this one called Amber. Amber? 31 million plays. (gasps) What are we doing? (laughs) What is happening to
1: the show? (laughs) The show has become completely derailed.
0: Seeing if there's a band called 312 so we can talk about them for the first five minutes next episode. Oh, there is. There's one called The 312. Well, I know what we're talking about next week.
1: Well, this this is a great segue, though, Andrew, because our show is going to start off with some news about music and a specific musician, right?
0: That's so true, Micah. So, um, yeah, let's talk about Bruce Springsteen's Harry Potter song to kick off the news. Uh, As everybody knows, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. What? I don't – I – I don't make a big secret of this, especially to people like Mike and Eric. And uh, I, 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 I used to keep it a little closer to the vest, but now I don't give a damn. I just let it all out. I flaunt it as much as I can. So, a few years ago, uh, I'm I'm browsing a Bruce Springsteen website, and I come across this information that he had once recorded a song that he offered to the first Harry Potter movie. He gave it to Chris Columbus and Warner Brothers. And he had decided to write this song because he had read the book to one of his kids. And I guess he really liked the, the Sorcerer's Stone and he was inspired to write a song and he knew the movie was coming. So he so he offered it up. This happened in the very early 2000s. So the thing is, this song never surfaced and, and Bruce writes a lot of music and it goes into the
2: vaults. As the fans say. Right. Well, so they they politely declined, right? Like right. His, his, his Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. We don't really know exactly what happened. There's there's some chatter that that J.K. Rowling said no mainstream music in it, which yeah. would make sense. Because think of a mainstream song in Harry Potter now, except for that one song in Deathly Hollows with the Harry Hermione dance. So anyway, this song has sat under lock and key for a long time. But of course, Someone like me, big Harry Potter fan, big Bruce Springsteen fan. These are these are my two things. These are the things I'm yeah. thinking about every day.
1: Well, didn't you say now you're you're done, right? The, the last story you will ever write for Hypeable was on. Bruce and Harry Potter. You, right, what, what,
2: what
3: more can you, you possibly? What he's not for?
2: telling us is that a hole has ripped in the space-time, you know, universe <laughs> galaxy, and uh, he's excited because it's a universe created just for him. And uh, after he records today, he's just going to jump in that portal and see where it takes him, and he might not ever come back.
0: I think that something did happen in the in the world because I haven't had another Harry Potter story to write since that one on <laughs> February tenth. I was looking at our Harry Potter category on Hypable the other day. I was like, I haven't read single stories about Harry Potter since this. I mean, I, so maybe, maybe I created some sort of a curse <laughs> Harry Potter news once I declared that I was finished. But anyway, anyway, so so we've known this song has existed, but it's been locked away. So fast forward to early February, there are these people in the Bruce Springsteen fandom, and yes, it is a fandom. Believe it or not. In fact, Vulture included it on their list of top fandoms in the world a couple years ago. Um, uh, there's these, uh, there are these Bruce Springsteen fans who get these really rare recordings, and they don't say how they get them, but they, you know they know people, they they know someone who knows someone, and these collectors, they're called Uber collectors because they have all the best stuff. For some reason, they love to hold on to all this material and not share it with other fans. But then fast forward to early February when one of these Uber collectors decided to release a compilation of stuff he's been holding on to for a while that's never seen the light of day before called Odds and Sots. That was the name of the compilation and a whole explanation. But that's for that name. But that's besides the point. So anyway, I'm on my Bruce Springsteen fan forum <laughs> as I am on a, on, a, on a weeknight. And I see this new thread about this collector dropping new songs. And I see the, the the list of songs, and I'm looking, I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing, like, uh, rehearsal stuff and alternate versions, and I get down to song 12, and there it is. I'll stand by you always. And I'm like, <gasps>
3: no way!
0: So then, of course, I naturally start to torrent this, co- uh, this collection. I'm like, oh, my God, could this be true? Is this actually happening? I've waited all these years. This is finally going to happen. And... I, it was taking forever to download because I was one of the first people to start the torrent. That's how torrents work. you mm. got to share with each other. And if enough people aren't sharing, then, then nobody gets it. And I'm watching these individual files download. And I'll stand by you always. It's the one song that is not downloading.
3: I'm like, oh, this must be a fake
0: out. This must be a fake out. He knew that a lot of people want this song. It's reported about it in the media. He, this this Uber collector was just screwing with us. Anyway, literally two hours later, it finally starts downloading. And then I got it, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I was thinking to myself, do I really want to listen to this? Because the the the, the idea is better in theory than it is in practice. I just want to imagine that he wrote this perfect song, <laughs> and I'll never get to hear it, but that's okay, because I know in my mind it's perfect, even if I haven't listened to it. Of course, I decided to listen to it anyway. And uh, here it is. I guess we'll play some of it now. This is called I'll Stand By You always and it's a demo so it it sounds demoey
2: this is very moving very emotional
3: you wake me in the night your my tears fall down come let me drive and feel you I wish I could tell a story, chase away all those ghosts you got inside of you. A story of heroes and fire.
0: I do like the song. I think the verses themselves are very good. Uh, To to recap some of them, he he does reference some Harry Potter-like imagery. He says, I wish I could tell a story, chase away all the ghosts you've got inside of you. A story of heroes that fight all night at any cost, of a kingdom of love to be won or lost. And then later, the ghosts and goblins can rise from your dreams to steal your heart away. Together, we'll chase those thieves that won't leave you alone. Out from under the bed, out from our home. It reminds you of kind of, to me, this first struck me as a song that Lily and James may be, uh, something that Lily and James may be saying oh. to Harry.
2: You're you're making the music connection real hard right now, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. – li- well, I listened to this song when y- you torrented it and Same. got it up on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll credit you with that, Andrew. Same. And only you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, and if Bruce wants to come after me, I'll see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. Uh,
1: and I, I do like the song as well. And for me though, I, I thought this would do very well in Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Uh, Probably the second movie, whether it's uh, the Resurrection Stone scene or even at the end credits. Uh, I I just feel like it's not it doesn't work for Sorcerer's Stone. It it has much more meaning at the end of the series, just based on the lyrics and, and just even the overall feel of the song. And I know you mentioned earlier that. For the most part, minus the one what was the name of the song that they that they had Harry and Hermione dance to? There's no, yeah. Well, there's that's, no vocals. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Right. It's all orchestral
1: fun. in nature. And so I, I understand the why you would maybe shy away from this, but I, I'm surprised that they maybe didn't even reconsider it, knowing that, when was this made, you said, in, in 2003? 2001. 2001. 2001. Uh, why they wouldn't consider it later on down the line? It it it, it does seem to fit very well with with mm-hmm. Deathly Hallows. I,
2: you know, I I want to explore that a little bit more because I do think a lot of the lyrics work really well with Sorcerer's Stone. You know, you're talking about having not sleeping well, having nightmares, ghosts of your past, and this that. That's that's very young Harry to me. Um, but but the way right. that the movies work, I mean, they aren't commercial. Like you're saying, Micah, there was no commercial music. Until Harry and Hermione dance. And so the way that the movies just were, there's, there's like no place for it, um, you know, in, because the movies were not commercial until, I mean, they, they, okay, okay, let me rephrase. The- <laughs> movies were commercial, <laughs> Never commercial AF, but not in the way that they'd get, uh, actually what I've been comparing it to ever since I heard this was, uh, Narnia, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia had a closing credits song that was, I think, Alanis Morissette, um, Wonderkind? Was that the one? Does anybody know? Yeah. But, like, Mm. this is something Um, where if there wasn't such a robust score by John Williams to close out the movie, I could very easily see, you know, something like this come in. Uh, It's, like, a relevant song for, like, the first song while the credits are rolling.
0: Well, and remember, though, Oh, Children, that's the song we keep referencing by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Seeds. That song worked because they were listening to the radio, right. remember, and it sort of came out of the radio, and then it took over the movie. This, this, I, I liked this song a lot when when they included it. I was digging it. it, it it's eerie. It, it's foreboding. We'll have to play the whole thing, but it's to refresh people's memories.
3: Ask me that lovely little gun my dear my darling one, I'll stand by but you always. <laughs> one by one, Cursing and you goblins. I don't even wanna let them start. <laughs> stand by you always.
0: <laughs> so I actually think they were right to not include a song by any artist in the first movie or any movie other than No Children. It did, it did work.
1: Mm. Well, a, yeah, a lot of people, people don't surprised. like that scene. In particular, so nothing yeah, against yeah. the music, but the no, I, I think just the the title of the song right is "I'll Stand yeah. by You Always," and and to me that connects most directly, as I said earlier, with the scene as Harry is about to go into the Forbidden Forest to face Voldemort, where he yeah. has all of those people that are so meaningful to him standing around him, uh, not to be literal, but you <laughs> know, not to be literal. <laughs> No, the, the, the dialogue that takes place between him and, and his mother and his father and Sirius mm-hmm. and Remus, it's it's all very much tied into the song or going to the end of the movie in part two where you have Harry, Ron and Hermione standing next to each other um, in that shot just before it cuts to the epilogue. Uh, I, I think the, the this yeah. song could have worked there.
2: I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I was going to make the joke that uh, because the lyrics are, I think, quite on point. Uh, it's And it's clear Bruce was inspired by Harry Potter and read Harry Potter. I was going to make the joke that Bruce Springsteen's read more Harry Potter books than Michael Gambon. Um, but, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now we true. have the proof. Two other things I wanted to mention about it. Uh, Bruce did give it actually to Anthony. What was J-Lo's husband? Uh, Mark Anthony. Anthony. Mark Anthony. Mark ah. Anthony. Thank you. He actually got this song and re recorded it and he was supposed to include it on an album in the in what? the mid two thousands and then for whatever reason took it off. Yeah. Um so he has a copy out there somewhere too. And so where are the super fan um, Mark Anthony superfans who are hoarding that recording? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And there's something else I was gonna say about this but now I forget. But yeah, so it was it was a good Oh, I know. It was funny that this was track 12 on the compilation because the number 12 in the Harry Potter series comes up a lot. So I I think it's just a coincidence unless this Uber collector was a Harry Potter fan, but I thought that was really (laughs) funny when I first noticed that. So anyway, if you want to listen to the whole song yourself, um, they've been taking it down off YouTube and SoundCloud. I had uploaded it to SoundCloud originally and now it's gone from there, so... I imagine Bruce will get it out there somehow. He was asked about it while promoting his book last year, and he said that he would still like to get it into a children's movie, and you could see how that would apply to a bunch of different children's movies, so. Yeah. We'll see. Um, um, Where can I host it? I'll post it on Patreon. (laughs) Bruce won't know I posted it there. (laughs) Oh, Oh, the other thing I wanted to say was that and thanks to uh, Katie and James for my for reminding me. They're listening live on Patreon right now. Uh, the fact that he uses "always" in the song yeah. so frequently is very interesting because obviously that word plays a huge role later in the in the series. And he recorded this back in 2001, so I thought that was very yeah, interesting.
2: That's that's very uh, what's the word? That's a lot of foresight or um, almost fortuitous yeah. sort of thing. He is a genius and a wizard in in my (laughs) book. So
0: So, moving on from that, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is coming to Broadway and auditions are happening in New York. They actually uh, were happening at the end of February. It was interesting seeing the casting calls (laughs) because they didn't do this when they were auditioning for child in london because everything was under mm. lock and key now oh here's all the character descriptions and the character <laughs> lists everybody they uh, you know you see everybody you see that hagrid is played by the same person who plays the sorting hat you see that petunia dursley is also played by the same person playing Voldemort. hooch <laughs> yeah there's that too <laughs>
3: no.
1: I, i'm the actually customer- i want to try out for the part of the person who remote controls the owl to fly in
2: the owl the drone beginning. that they're surely going okay. to uh, bring back for the uh, Broadway production.
1: Well, I think they'll probably just, given the amount of pigeons in New York, just <laughs> really a really big
2: Ew. snowy pigeon.
0: <laughs> How tall are you, Micah?
1: Right around six foot.
0: Uh, okay, I think you're a little too tall for all these roles. Wait, maybe Hagrid. Oh, here. Oh uh, no, Hagrid, you got to be six feet two or taller. I'm trying to find the right role for you. You could be Scorpius Malfoy. <laughs> no? I, I I haven't seen it, so I'm Oh, that's right. Well, you read the script book. Yeah, but <laughs> let's not go back to that.
1: Okay. There are right. very few bands. I could right. play one of the old I mean, I'm sure I could play one of the um the grown up children, yeah. you no?
0: Know? The gr- oh who appear like for five seconds. <laughs>
1: What like Harry or
2: oh one of those? I thought you were talking about Harry and Ginny's
1: Harry
0: Potter.
2: This is just so interesting. Harry Potter, male, thirty-seven to forty, maximum height of five feet ten inches. I really wonder what that's about. Like they're not they're not reusing costumes, (laughs) are they? From like the West End production, and that's you're limited by because that show is still going. So what's like. What's the do- What does it yeah, really, know. really matter? Um, why is the maximum <laughs> height let lower than what I would assume to be average? Um, for for an adult male, yeah, uh, I myself being about six feet, also, it's like I'm right around there. But but saying no more than five feet. You know what I just weird. noticed?
0: I just noticed that Voldemort's missing from this. Hashtag keep the secrets. I wonder who plays him. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody listening uh, should know at this point. God, that was weird. Jeez, seeing him again. I still can't believe that happened. But if if you guys could play one character, who would it be? Uh, for me, I think it would be... Uh... Oh, man. I want to say Albus, but playing a 14, 15-year-old, yeah, that's Yeah, I, uh, I would go for Trolley Witch myself. <laughs> <laughs> trolley Witch is definitely one of the coolest characters. Uh... Damn, even to play James Potter Jr., Jr., you have to be five foot seven or shorter. Yeah,
2: what is it with the shorter? Like, are they crawling through Chuck E. Cheese well, play th- areas? Like, what, what's going on here? No,
0: you know what it probably is? It's so they look younger than their parents. Because if Harry has to be 5'10...
2: And Children are taller than their parents, though. Yeah. It's all relative. I just, these height restrictions are starting to, like, really confusing to me. You, yeah, you think you're know. at the Wizarding World or something trying to get on a, a roller coaster. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the, the most interesting thing that I, the question that I have is, you know, are they predominantly casting Americans? Um, and if so, yeah. what are they going to do about the accent?
0: That'll be interesting. I don't know. I think I read in an interview. They're going to try to do a mix of both. They're going to have Americans and some English people.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think they're gonna have to get a dialogue coach because, as as wonky as the canon of Curse Child is, uh, I think it would be a misstep to not have these characters all have British accents. I think so too.
0: I, I yeah, I, I think so too. It it should be a gen. It should be an English cash, cast.
1: Mm. They the could. I my mean. Opinion. Given how um, certain characters have been read in our chapter readings for Patreon, I mean, <laughs> Hagrid could be from the deep
2: south. Here I, in, in- I, you're in New York, Micah. You should really try out. You should you should do your 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 Hagrid voice for them.
1: Yeah. We'll see. According
0: to to James, when he saw it, the owl was a hologram. That's, and he said it was kind of projected onto the wall. Thought it was even a little larger looking than it should have been. It was literally one second though. Wow. And that seems that's kind of even silly a, to me. A
1: budget cut. I mean that that's that's if anything that's increasing the budget because you have to go from a real owl to creating a hologram. I mean,
2: in a spotlight or something.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I guess you don't have to pay like to rent the owl or the owl's handler or anything. I don't know. <laughs> or to feed the owl.
0: Right. Right. And says. And I don't know if this is true, but she says, if I recall, Snape and Voldemort are the same actor. So I guess that could make sense because I'm not seeing Snape listed in this list either. Yeah, now so. that you mention it. he's not on there. Lots of surprise characters. Sorry to anyone who's being spoiled. But oh, and uh, so so um, pay starts at two grand a week. I think I could I can deal with that. That sounds all right. Yeah. Hmm. And I guess we'll know maybe by the summer who's playing these characters. Maybe later, because I think rehearsals start at the end of the year. Anyway, exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it here in America. I, I, I'm going to London next week, and I thought about seeing Chris Trial again. I would actually love to see it again. But tickets are just impossible to get. It so. mm. seems unlikely. J.K. Rowling did say in a recent interview on a red carpet that Dumbledore casting is now underway. That's all we know about that, though. We don't know who's...
2: In the lead, but we did want to mention that, so we may be hearing something soon. That thing should have been over uh, four months ago when people suggested, uh, you know, Jared Harris and David Yates and Heyman were like, "Oh, that, they, yeah, we know about him. <laughs> okay. That should have been the end of the conversation. You guys have to cast Jared Harris as young Dumbledore, please and thank you. Final news story of the week.
0: Fantastic Beasts is nominated at the Oscars. We're recording on Saturday, so we don't have the results yet. They're nominated for Best Production Design and Best Costume Design. Fun fact, Harry Potter never won an Oscar, but they were nominated plenty of times for Philosopher's Stone, Prisoner of Goblet, Half-Blood Prince, and Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2. So all the movies got nominations except for Chamber of Secrets and Order of the Phoenix. And they got a range of nominations in Best Art Direction, Best Original Score, Visual Effects, Makeup. I don't know. Is Fantastic Beast going to win?
2: Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm not very hopeful. Uh, I remember, too, being in at the – or not at the – but watching the Oscars for Deathly Hallows Part Two because that was the last opportunity. So we thought for Harry Potter to win an Oscar – and it didn't. Harry Potter consistently breaks records, uh box office draw, worldwide relevance, all of that, but has not managed to impress the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science.
0: They really pushed for Deathly Hollows Part Two. Yeah, remember I that, remember that, that For Your Consideration,
2: and... you know, yeah. post or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, And uh,
0: in Best Costume Design, they're up against Allied, Florence Foster Jenkins, Jackie, and La La Land. In Best Production Design, they're up against Arrival, Hail Caesar, La La Land, and Passengers. And La La Land's probably going to win like everything. Have you seen La La Land? (laughs) Yeah, it's the one Oscar movie, actually, Best Picture movie, actually. Oh, is it any good? I Okay, yes, it's good, but some people absolutely rave about it and i think that's
2: a little overdone okay <laughs> i'm sure some people listening are like screw you andrew no 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 i i mean i think that it, like when you say it, it's up against la la land i now felt bad for fantastic beats but um it's a musical yeah cuz they la la and land. they tend to they tend to give a, a lot of big films uh win more than one award but i don't know maybe we we, we might be surprised um we
0: might well, see. it is
1: possible. I mean, uh, you're talking about recreating 1920s New York, right, which is not – Yeah,
2: on a green screen,
0: so
1: no. it wasn't
2: that impressed. More like a gray oh, screen. It was so dark <laughs> all the time. That's true. But
1: the one thing I would just add to what you said, Eric, uh, is not only did the Potter series not win anything uh, at the Oscars. that I don't ever think it was appropriately recognized, uh, Yeah, and that, that bothers me even more than not winning – the awards is that it was never truly recognized for a lot of the accomplishments that you mentioned, and, and you know, the, the, just the overall success of the series. And so, uh, it is what it is. I understand these award shows are just an opportunity to recognize people who probably don't need further recognition, but that's all I have to say. Yeah. Okay.
0: And, That's it for the news. Uh, We're going to talk about our earliest Harry Potter movie, Memories, coming up in a little bit. And also, we're going to be talking about questions about the Fantastic Beasts Core 4. Core 4. The new trio. The Core 4. But first, a couple of housekeeping items. First of all, we want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. They are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. How are they so fresh? Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. As a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch, as featured in Finding Dory. Uh, Their beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. Their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. And I can attest to the freshness of the ingredients, and they keep perfectly in your fridge. I just cooked a Sicilian cauliflower pizza with mozzarella and oregano, and it was delicious. The nice thing is that there's plenty of variety. You can choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. And recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. There's always new stuff coming at you, coming to your door. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/mugocast. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com/mugocast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. I've been loving, I've been loving putting on my my Slytherin green apron and cooking whatever Blue Apron sends me. So thanks to them. Can we get a photo support. of that? <laughs> uh yes sure and micah i'll do it in the nude how does that sound sounds great okay great <laughs> <laughs> maybe that should be a new benefit for drum roll please we have a new pledge level over on patreon it's the ten dollar level and micah you named this level we love the name of it
1: the slug club
0: yes the slug club The slug club Ah, <sighs> micah's Eyes are currently burning from the image of me wearing nothing but my green. Yeah, you sent that robe. very
1: quickly. I did. It's like you were ready just to text it over to him
0: <laughs> I've been waiting for you to ask, Mike. I'm just so excited. So anyway, we have a new ten dollar level on Patreon. Uh, we are we are calling this a toast to MuggleCast's brightest and best. This is helping grow the show. We're getting close to doing weekly episodes. These are the these are the benefits you get in addition to everything else that that we've been giving patrons, including bonus muggle cast and access to show notes and signed album art and chapter readings. Slug Club members are going to be able to be a co-host on Mugglecast. What? This is the first time we are doing this. We're letting listeners come on the show. It's going to be a great way to expand our opinions on the fandom to talk about fandom to talk about series the series we already have a great idea for as to how we'll introduce each of the new co-hosts each episode it's going to be so much fun and a lot of people wanted this benefit so we're happy to finally offer it yeah and we are also offering a limited time offer if you sign up between now and april 30th uh and remain a ten dollar patient for three months you will be el- you will receive a MuggleCast sticker pack and a preview of that will be coming soon. it be fun to uh, add to your clothes or maybe your backpack or notebook, whatever. But it's just a little
2: way to show your MuggleCast slash Harry Potter love. And, sti- and finally... Oh, and the stickers are going to be designed by the same girl, Steph Falkos, who does all of our t-shirts. Yes, yes. And two of the stickers are inspired by the shirts,
0: we'll say. And two aren't. right and two that's (laughs) math uh one of them will be a photo of me nude in my green slytherin robe micah is personally approving that design working closely with stephanie to make sure it's just right
1: i'm gonna sign it
0: (laughs) i love making micah uncomfortable (laughs) and uh, i'm not uncomfortable
1: i'm enjoying this is great (laughs)
0: And finally, uh, at the ten dollar level, we'll be hosting a monthly Wizarding World giveaway. We'll be giving away Funkos and other Harry Potter slash Fantastic Beasts monthly Beasts merchandise. Yeah, once once a month, we're gonna give away something Harry Potter related. Maybe it'll be be stuff you know we have in our own collections. I have some stuff I could give away. (laughs) So that apron. uh, (laughs) No, 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 that apron. Is getting a lot more use before I'm done with it. So anyway, like like I said, um, it, it's been wonderful to have this Patreon over the past year. It's been fun seeing it grow, fun seeing our community. Right now, as I've been talking, we've just had two people upgrade to 10 uh, the $10 level. Thank you, Justin and SP. New Slug Club members. Fire. Yes, the newest. And like I said, it's helping us grow, helping us hit monthly or weekly episodes. The first time we've done that. In years, yeah, at least it's patreon dot slash for more information. Mm. Maybe Micah should offer a benefit at the ten dollar level, where he performs Three Elevens Beautiful Disaster. What do you say, Micah?
1: Sure. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, sure. Why not?
3: <laughs>
0: uh, okay. <laughs> why do you Why don't you lead us through this main discussion
1: today? Alright, that I can do. (laughs) I hope. Uh, So, this week's main discussion, uh, we threw out the question on Twitter to all the listeners asking what questions, if they could really kind of get it down to one or two questions about each character that from Fantastic Beasts um, that they would want to know the answer to. And I'm not saying we have the answers, uh, but you know, we're always good about theorizing and, and making stuff up. And ho- sometimes that stuff comes true. So um, we asked specifically though, about the core four. So Newt, Jacob, Tina and Queenie. Um, there's obviously a lot to learn a lot that we won't find out until f- future films, but I think we have enough to start with and, we did get a lot of good questions uh, from listeners. So we're going to start with Newt. And this question comes from Justin Victoria, who says, considering what we know about the trajectory of Harry Potter films in general, what exactly will Newt's role be in the wizarding war in the battle between Dumbledore and Grindelwald? Right. And yeah, I think we've talked a lot about, the upcoming war and and the battle that the series is going to end with. But I don't know if we've talked a lot about what Newt's role will specifically be, or, or even if he will have a role, if, you know, maybe it'll shift away from him by that point.
2: This, this question to me, um, also sound or is echoed or duplicated by the question, what will, what role will the beasts have, uh, in the war? Because I'm assuming that if beasts are in, are somehow involved in this war, to stop Grindelwald uh then Newt will be there to caring for them um you know it might be Newt's role to to sort of be like a field medic for some of these beasts who are out there you know facing off against dark dark wizards
0: could he be like a Professor Oak character from Pokemon didn't Professor Oak like take care of like he knew everything
2: about the beasts or yeah. the, the pocket monsters. If I'm not mistaken, Professor Oak invented the system that stores and heals and rejuvenates Pokémon um okay. in the Pokéballs. I think that was it's been a long
0: time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh I could definitely see him something in a role in new in a role like that. But I guess it also raises the question, like, will these be the core four characters throughout the series? Because as we talk about these other characters, I think uh, I, one thing I'm wondering is, like, would, will Jacob really be in all five movies and how could he actually be helpful? Like, right. I love Jacob, don't get me wrong, but what the hell is he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bake a pie that smells so good it distracts Grindelwald
2: and then you guys can go and kill him.
1: <laughs> there will you we
2: go. pie just a little, fellas?
1: Uh. <laughs> you no, know, it's 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 a great point though that you bring up, Andrew, and and you wonder because we've never really had a a muggle character that was or no Nomash that was central to the plot, and and you know in, in in the Potter films, Harry, Ron, and Hermione were all wizards, witches. They you know you didn't have this this one individual this outlier so to speak and and i wonder will he learn magic is it possible for somebody who comes from the muggle or the nomad community to to learn magic
0: well that would certainly rock the fandom if jk rowling introduced that (sighs) i i want to say no she won't because i think that's just why would we never have heard about that yeah she herself has
2: said no to the that possibility because of petunia Wanting to attend Hogwarts, uh, mm. the unfortunate reality is you just can't. Although, given that uh, Fantastic Beasts occurred first, maybe they tried with Jacob and it just went horribly awry and he died, and that's why they can't do it. <laughs> for, for 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 Petunia, right? Yeah. Like Dumbledore, actually, yeah. Maybe he wasn't that harsh, right? Maybe he's like, "Ah, oh, we'll, we'll give this a shot," but it didn't work out. Yeah, that's a good point. Things could have changed between
0: 1945 and early 90s 80s Uh, yeah i guess it'd be earlier 80s 70s okay that would be cool that would be cool actually maybe like a special wand that lets muggles do magic or some form of magic Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i I think it'd be hard to remove a character as integral in the first movie as jacob was from future movies unless they kill him uh at some point you know i am sure there's a way that he's going to be integrated and'll find a purpose for him i i just i just can't see him hey great job in the first film you were you know really the fo-. i mean in many ways i think he he was more central than newt was uh and 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 certainly more popular he's the um, from he's the emotional a core lot of what we've heard
2: of the film i you know one thing though getting to play the other side of it you know maybe there's Things that Jacob can excel in that none of the other main characters can. I mean, I know he's a muggle, but what about infiltrating a muggle government agency or, um, you know, learning learning some classic old school, you know, regular lock picking without magic? There might be an opportunity for Jacob as a mm-hmm. muggle to – who understands, you know, the way the world is. He was overseas in a war himself. He was at least – he is an army veteran um, you know, to to, to do some, some muggle stuff that helps uh everybody else out.
1: Yeah, it it's certainly possible and and I don't think that it's coincidental that he has that background that you mentioned of having fought overseas in a war. He's very familiar uh with that type of setting and and given what his role was over there, I think we still have more to learn, but it could play into these future films and, and could be beneficial to Newt and to others. So uh, I think that there's going to be a way uh, that, that he's going to be integrated in, in, in the future. So um, the other question though, that we got um, going back to Newt for a second is uh, what is the form of his Patronus? And since he loves animals so much, does he change it regularly? This was a question that came from both Katie and Laura uh, on Twitter, and we know that Eddie Redmayne took the Patronus test himself on Pottermore, but we're not talking about Eddie. We're talking about Newt, and I think this is a this is a good question.
2: I, I, yeah, I'm stumped. Um,
0: I think that would be another interesting aspect that could change up this Wizarding World series. I think what made Fantastic Beasts so nice is that there were a bunch of different surprises. Like, Jacob seemed to be a genuine surprise to me. Um, uh, Things like the Trolley Lady. (laughs) Craziness. (laughs) That is a surprise that you never see coming. If J.K. Rowling can keep delivering surprises like, oh, a wizard can change his Patronus. That would be very cool and very refreshing instead of seeing the same things
2: out of, out of the characters. Yeah. But will we even see a Patronus? I mean, uh, yeah. um, Well, unless Newt is fending off Dementors, the Patronuses are, are massively overseen for, for what they actually accomplished. Like they, they, they they, they do have some capabilities, not just Dementors. I think it's like, what is it? A Lethifold or something? Patronuses also work, work against quite well. Um, but, uh, on the, for the most part, unless he's battling those beasts, there's no reason we should ever see his Patronus. The other thing is that there, there are interviews from the past and I think Joe's made it very clear. Wizards can't change their Patronus. Your Patronus can change. Don't get me wrong, but you can't change your Patronus. I don't think without a great deal of what we've seen with Tonks and Snape. Grief, grief, sorry, grief, (laughs) grief. Um, so when Tonks changed, Harry thought it was, what, her morning series, but really she was just falling in love with Lupin, and, and it was unrequited love, and same with Snape. You know, we I don't think we would want our characters to go through the level of pain necessary to actually change their Patronus. I'm super excited to find out what Newt's is, um, and I love the idea that it would rotate just because he is, you know, he cares for a wide amount of beasts. But I think it would just be one thing, and then whenever it is, he'd be stuck with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's all good points and, and you know kind of on the flip side of that I saw at least one person asked uh, what their Bogarts would be all of them That's and I think it's too early for us to really know uh, what the answer to that would be
2: uh, actually um, oh uh, Zoe Kravitz is playing Newt's Bogart in the next film <laughs> surprise surprise it's Lita Lestrange she's Newt's uh, former girlfriend maybe didn't end well. Now he's afraid of it. Mm,
1: could be. Could be. I I I think it's a it's a good question, but I don't know that we have enough information right now to to answer that question. Um for Jacob uh Andrew, not Andrew, you Andrew, another Andrew asked how much does he truly remember and and will he remember more moving forward? And, and I think the answer to that question is yes he will remember uh it it seems like it's it, there's been bits and pieces especially seeing that close to end scene inside the pastry shop that he had been remembering all along you know something in the back of his mind was being triggered and then that's why he was making all these pastries into fantastic beasts i think probably when queenie entered into the shop that's when the light bulb fully went off and i i don't see why don't have, he doesn't remember everything now
0: i don't know about fully i i imagine that they'll have to continue jogging his memory a little bit cuz i can't i can't see in fantastic beasts 2 him suddenly like remembering everything prior to his memory being wiped um so i'm guessing some memory jogging will happen and then they'll probably keep it a secret that he's a muncle maybe when they if they go overseas because then somebody might force them to wipe his memory again that's true i like this next question from justin will jacob make it out alive i i think i've have i said before i I think he could die at some point in the series because it would be so sad yeah it'd be like oh this poor guy he was a muggle he he didn't he didn't mean to be to get involved in the wizarding world and then he was and he was so fascinated and he was only trying to help and poor guy died
2: yeah i i think that the emotional tendrils or tentacles however like they're wrapped around our hearts jacob is wrapped around our hearts from the work that they did in the first movie with introducing his character and having him be the emotional core of the film i think you're right i think it's uh, entirely plausible that Jacob will be used in such a way to, as 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 so often happens, almost too often in these films, a little bit tropey at this point, uh, a, a necessary death to illustrate just how bad the bad guy is.
0: Right, and then it'll motivate. It could be, it could be. Well, we we've also spoken about um about Newt avenging his brother's death death if he were to die yeah because remember he's going after Grindelwald right I'm... so maybe if Jacob dies then Queenie and Tina will have reason to go
2: and and eliminate Grindelwald as well here's what I want out of the next Fantastic Beast movie Theseus Scamander main character uh Indiana Jones style you know but he's like working for the government trying to take down Grindelwald And, you know, just that before Theseus dies, I think Theseus is likely to die within the first five minutes of the next film to give again that (laughs) that emotional weight. Right. Because Newt some for some reason they cut out the Newt interaction with him that was supposed to be in there uh, in the first movie. But I think it'll be sort of the impetus for events in the future. I think it's very likely it's just because they didn't even bother introducing him. It's like, oh, he's expendable. But he matters to the character, so you know why not just kill him? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And for for Jacob, uh, he could also be used as a pawn, right? It, it doesn't mean that he has to necessarily die. I mean, we see it all the time in movies. Maybe he gets captured. Maybe he gets used mm-hmm. as a means to an end, whether that be by Grindelwald or by one of his supporters. I think that you know, in in part him not having his memory protects him but yeah know, if his memory is to fully come back and he's to get you know into this game that's going on so to speak it puts him at a high level of risk especially because he has no real way to defend himself other than the training that he received as, as in in the military but i don't know that that's enough in this case you know you're not dealing with sort of your traditional warfare here you're dealing with um, those that are much more powerful, especially somebody uh, like Grindelwald. So I, I think you know, the more he remembers, the more at risk it puts him.
2: That's a very good point. Um, yeah, he wouldn't even know what hit him if he were to be imperious or – I mean wizards have at least some expectation and protection against spells and enchantments. But Jacob is very – could very easily be used against his own will to maybe even infiltrate the friend group of – Tina and Queenie and Newt.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Another question that came up um, from Justin was whether or not Jacob and Queenie ended up having a family. Uh, There's a mention in uh, Ginny Weasley's article of a Quentin Kowalski. He was an American wizard who played as a chaser Ah. for the 2014 American national Quidditch team. And during the fourth match of the 427th Quidditch World Cup U.S. versus Jamaica, uh, Kowalski scored the ninth and final U.S. goal. So, And sure dedicated he could be a the goal
0: to his great-great-great-great-grandfather. I want to know where that comes from. The Gene Weasley article on Pottermore, right? Or where was that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pottermore? Yeah,
2: yeah I, I, that name cannot be a coincidence. That has to be. <laughs> Just like obscure as Books wasn't oh, a Ah, there you
0: go. I still think he's gonna die in the series, but maybe, maybe uh, the Jacob and Queenie will have a
2: kitty first. It's interesting that Jakey. the it's interesting the naming convention. Queenie Quentin, this Q U E, but Quentin can't be mm. Queenie's direct child because there's like eighty years difference between them. So mm. I don't oh. know. Oh man, did this just confirm that they do have a kid like that? That'd be it, crazy.
0: It did. I think
1: so. Oh,
0: Joe. Joe,
2: Joe, you're so clever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Andrew, we touched on the question that you had there about yeah, his we, role in future movies. Is he just going to be the silly sidekick? I think he will be silly as he's that's his nature. Uh, but I think he's going to have uh, a more important role, more meaningful role. That's that may be gonna, stating the obvious, but
0: going to bake that distraction pie.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: some pie with a little distraction on top please that delicious Mm -hmm. smell johnny depp loves that cake (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh Um, but one character i don't think we've talked a lot about is tina and what her role is going to be uh, in the Mm -hmm. future is she going to take over for graves is she going to be put in a position to possibly lead U.S. magical forces uh, to fight the growing threat in Europe? Uh, This was another question that came from Justin, but I I certainly think that that's possible. I I, I jokingly said, as Eric, you mentioned in the first five minutes of the next movie, um, Theseus will meet his untimely demise. I think we're going to learn that Grindelwald broke free from wherever he's being held uh, in America, and so that could you result in sort of an international manhunt going on crisis, which I wouldn't be surprised that Tina would lead up because she seemed at, at one point that she was well-positioned, uh, within, uh, uh, to, to rise up in the ranks.
2: I guess that said they did relegate her to like the closet after she messed up with those nomadges. Like she was sort of a disgraced, witch uh, employee of the government and, Although it's clear when in the scene at the end of Fantastic Beasts when Tina and Newt say goodbye that he got her her job back, I don't think it would be so that so much that she would have like gotten a promotion. It's true that Graves's position, is, you know, there's a vacancy there, I'm sure, but I also don't think that she would necessarily fill it. And I question whether or not her heading up this department or or, or you know being sort of the person leading the charge, is going to be as effective a role as if she were, in fact, again, off to the side, an outcast, able to, like, sneak around and do more of that kind of stuff. Is like, I'm trying to compare it to the Harry Potter trio, and, like, you know, they were just some kids who managed to get lucky all the time, but they didn't ever really have official access to anywhere they were going that they needed to get. And I wonder if, you know, J.K. Rowling, I wonder if that sort of situation will just uh, present itself again where nobody that we know is actually running the official movement. That's just, that happens in the background. And then these four characters are on sort of like a clandestine mission of their own.
1: Mm. It's certainly possible. I mean, but I, I see her maybe initially as being the face of Makusa in the future films and maybe to your point, she shifts and, and moves away from that. But it w- it would be nice to see her sort of at least reclaim something of what she had before, because as you mentioned, she's, she's really kind of thrown. I mean, she's basically working in the basement, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it was taken pretty seriously uh, what she did, even though, as we saw in sort of that flashback scene, she did it for the right reasons. I mean, she was she was protecting Credence, right?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And and was punished by by, you know, her employer as a result of it. So uh, uh, I think there's a lot to learn about her, particularly. And this came from Igor, but I think we've mentioned in a previous episode, what was the relationship between. Tina and Graves, because it looked like at moments it was more than just coworkers.
2: That uh, oh, I
0: didn't yeah. get that impression. Like I got the impression that things were a little weird between them. It could have been a typical boss-employee relationship, but I we know that Tina had somehow screwed up previously, right? So, yeah. so I think he was treating her like that for that reason. But then, how did Grindelwald? know that or did he not know that and tina was just acting weird because of
2: the past i think i think her she has a reputation um not unlike jar jar bing she's so clumsy um she has some issues uh and and i think i think seraphina pickery would not have w- wasted more than a second before down talking her to graves or other people um so i, I think graves i think grindelwald came in and you know, as graves and just picked up on that whole situation quite well. That said, I wonder what the effect on Tina will be, uh, seeing that, you know, this, this crazy dark wizard was right under everyone's nose. Like if she'll internalize that and, you know, work and sort of have like more greater resolve now to like spot that in the future. And, and, to, you know, it'll help her be a better R. Cause you can read a lot of books, you can train, as much as you want, but until you're up against the real thing, you don't know what you're capable of. And now that she, she, now that it's been revealed, I think she'll be a, a better, more accomplished witch from it. And she wants to prove herself. Yeah, she wants to get back on top. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Okay.
0: Final character.
1: Final character. Last but not least, uh, Queenie. So Lauren said that she wants to know more about Queenie's talent and if there are other talents and was wiz- that um, wizards can be born with. So uh, clearly Queenie is very accomplished, and you know it, it. I think it surprised a lot of us just her ability to read minds. Is you know uh, as a Legilimens, yeah. you know, can it, Amy kind of goes off of that and says, can she turn it off? You know what? And what does she do with all of that info? It, it doesn't seem like, you know, it, it, you know, when when we saw the scenes between Snape and Harry, Snape was intentionally trying to go into Harry's mind. It's, with Queenie, it doesn't seem like it's always intentional. It seems like it kind of just happens, and it's it's not yeah something that she can overtly control. Yeah.
0: Snape wasn't born that way either He had to he had to learn it Whereas Queenie was born that way And I think that's the key difference In whether or not you can turn it off yeah. If you're born with it You can't turn it off Maybe if, she's
2: born if, with it Maybe it's <laughs> Maybelline
0: If she was born that way No matter gay, straight, bi, trans, or legit You were yeah. born that way yeah. No, but really I think uh, it, it, Things you're born with In a lot of cases You can't turn off how like how annoying I am. I can't turn that off. I was just <laughs> oh, born God. that way.
2: No, I think that I think that you're right. I think that Queenie it just it was such an interesting choice to call it to still call it Legilimens, uh, or Whatever, whatever Queenie can do. Um, Yeah, it's a good connection to the Harry Potter series too. It, the, the
0: ears of Harry Potter fans perk up when they hear stuff like that in a new movie. Yeah.
2: It's all connected. But I I think it'll be tested. I think it'll be put to the, I think we'll absolutely learn what the limitations are because that's a good argument against why she shouldn't just like win the war right against, I mean, well, she worked presumably pretty close with Graves herself. So clearly occlumency is still worth uh, doing um, because, you know, she didn't just overhear Graves thoughts. And then was that weird to her? that she didn't overhear Graves thoughts or was he, you know, sort of selectively allowing him, his thoughts to be read that were like innocent just so that he would have some that she could hear. Like, why didn't, why didn't he tip Queenie off? um, Yeah. In his thoughts. So that like, that is something that I'm definitely interested in a future film getting into.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then um, a final question I had about Queenie was what is she going to do to fight Grindelwald? Because if she can't get into his mind, as we saw, she can't read his mind, uh, will she maybe get into the minds of people around him in his army of people that he's building up? Obviously, she's a witch, so she can duel as well. But, like, I imagine that each of these people, Newt with his beasts, Jacob with his great baking, Tina (laughs) wanting to prove herself... Like, what's Queenie's thing against Grindelwald? Um, And I was thinking maybe um, uh, reading into the minds of his followers could be a good arc for him. In that, in the first movie, we saw Grindelwald with no one with him. He was just by himself. And now that he's been compromised, now now that he was caught he might start putting people around him. And then Queenie can get into the minds of people around him
2: to get around him. She'd
3: be, <laughs> yeah, she'd be, him. She'd be
2: a great interrogator, a great resource of gathering information. Where's um, Grindelwald? Where's Don't Grind- tell me. I can just read your mind. <laughs> I mean, it, it might no, not be – like It all. might be smart not to advertise that fact, right? Just put her in a room that and too. and just have her be like a silent observer, but she's secretly reading their mind and – getting all the info that they are hiding
0: yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but
1: i I would go back and say also that that could be a risk right um similar to jacob earlier you know having this ability could put her in a very bad set of circumstances
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah I, I just i'm almost surprised like that you don't have to like register like a, a registered log- legitimate there's like That would present very serious national security concerns, I think, (laughs) to have a a legilimens working in the government. Um, But maybe, I don't know, maybe there is. We just don't know enough about it. Uh, I I think it's likely that she especially, I think it's most likely that she will be in all future films. I think think it was just set up that way where she's such an interesting character. Um, And I think all the rest will follow.
0: Okay. All right. Well, there are questions about the Core 4. Did you have any questions? Email in mugglecast at gmail.com. Uh, speaking of communicating with us, we do have a new feature coming soon to Mugglecast. We are going to be launching a voicemail line open hey. to the public, whether you're a patron or not. Uh, details will be forthcoming on
1: mugglecast.com. One, 218 20 magic. No?
0: It's not that number anymore. Oh, I man. don't think we have that number anymore. <laughs> We will get the word muggle or magic or green cooking apron into (laughs) um, the phone number somehow. Um, I I promise you that. Google makes that possible with their Google Voice feature. Uh, But yeah, so stay tuned for details. And voicemails were something we were doing very early on in the show's life. And we want to bring those back. And we're looking forward to getting your voices onto the show. Enough of us guys. Eric, if you can do it quick, because I've really got to go. What's going on in the P.O. box? I know we've gotten a few things.
2: Yeah, we have gotten, guys, a ton of things. Uh, I'm going to be making a post for the MuggleCast website, because to be perfectly honest, it would be impossible to uh, say in words how creative and exciting everything that we've gotten is. So uh, apparently a couple episodes ago, when I mentioned that we hadn't gotten anything all month, I came off as sounding very desperate. Uh, These are the words of Danielle S., who then sent a very lovely letter inside a Valentine's card. We actually got Valentine's cards for Valentine's Day and a slew of creative drawings and pictures. And um, I got like an entire parchment with like – it came in a poster tube and it's like this parchment thing. And it's just – it's unbelievable. I'm going to definitely make a post about it. Uh, yeah, I would love to see those. It's 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 so I'm gonna take all the pictures and everything, but I just wanted awesome. to thank everybody who sent that in, uh, including Haley Laguardia, Jacob Leibel, Tatum. Uh, we got a mysterious letter of from Hogwarts from Professor McGonagall herself, uh, postmarked in well, Canada, so she gets around. Um, Colton Massey, uh, Danielle S. and uh, Sonia R. So. I just want to thank everybody for that, and there's certainly more updates uh, to come on the on the PO box front. But it has far exceeded uh, my expectations, and uh, and and I think all of ours too. You guys are gonna uh, love what we got.
0: Um, yeah, I can't wait to see all that. So, oh, and yeah. by by the way, this is twenty. We're, we mentioned on the last episode that we're approaching the twentieth anniversary of Philosopher's Stone. So throughout this year, we want to look back on the first Harry Potter book. Um, I know we mentioned we were going to talk about earliest Harry Potter m- memories today. We didn't get that to that this episode, but we will get to it next time. A lot of patrons wrote in with great stories. If you have a, if you have a story, what what was your earliest Harry Potter memory? Email it to mugglecast at gmail dot com. Uh, patrons, you don't have to do it again. We we will use the ones you already submitted. Um, and yeah, we'll do segments like that throughout the year to celebrate twenty freaking years since the first Harry Potter book was published. Have you guys ordered your house edition books yet? I can't decide. I have not.
2: No.
1: no. I'm going to go on right after we record. Good. Order all four. Order all four. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, okay.
0: everybody, for listening. We appreciate your support for listening. Uh, one last plug for patreon.com slash Also, thank you to our uh, advertiser this week, Blue Apron. Get your first three meals free, blueapron.com slash mugglecast.
2: Oh, thanks to our Slug Club members, too. Uh, We look forward to slugging with you. Oh, that's
0: weird. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll put on my green... I keep wanting to say bathrobe. Green (laughs) cooking apron. And maybe maybe just some socks. And I won't post that on the internet. Of course I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. Partially because I don't actually have a green cooking robe. Sorry, Micah. Mm,
1: Such a disappointment. All
0: right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. See you next time. Goodbye.
2: Bye.
1: Bye.